My 7 Chakras, episode 44. A promise made is a debt unpaid. And that somehow resonated with me. And I've used that as a uh, reminder and a motivator over the last probably 60 years since I read that to uh, follow through on promises made. If I told somebody I was going to do it, I would do it. The 7 Chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple what are the functions of these energy centers and could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose welcome to my seven chakras and now your host Aditya Jai Kumar. So what's going on action takers? AJ here. And as usual, you have arrived at my 7 Chakras Hub, a source for information, stories and ideas that will engage, motivate and inspire you to become the best version of yourself. And today I am stoked to bring you our featured guest, Dean Robert. So Dean, are you ready to inspire? I am. Great. So Dean was born in 1939, expelled from school in 1956. He spent the next 40 years having two kids, three wives, building greenleafdollhouses.com into a multi-million dollar business, reading, writing, traveling and training himself to create a wholesome experience of life. So Dean, I've given our listeners a short intro. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Probably 40 years ago, actually, I had a pretty serious health crisis. And I was overweight, smoking, drinking, asthmatic. And I had this dark night in the soul where I woke up in the middle of the night and I just somehow realized that I was totally on the wrong track. And I started to, uh, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I started exercising. And most importantly, I started to study. I, um, a couple books that really were early and major influences in my change of direction. Uh, one was Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, and the other one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And for some reason I can't even think of right now, but I took both of these books uh, for heart and studied them and, and many other books also. But these two have been a guide to me over quite a few years. And the meditations of Marcus Aurelius helped me understand that it's within my control to create the kind of experience that I want to, no matter what's going on in the world. And through Napoleon Hill's teachings and Thinking Grow Rich, I learned how to fix the money thing to create a certain measure of financial independence in my life. Well, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is a book that I go back to from time to time. So thanks a lot for reminding us and thanks for that introduction. Now, as is our tradition here at My 7 Chakras, we begin our show with an inspirational quote to get us into a space of awareness, learning and compassion. So Dean, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. About 50 years ago, I read a poem by Robert Service. It was called The Cremation of Sam McGee. And one of the lines in there, he said, a promise made is a debt unpaid. And that somehow resonated with me. And I've used that as a a reminder and a motivator over the last probably 60 years since I read that 
to um, follow through on promises made. If I told somebody I was going to do it, I would do it. And try as as I matured and, and learned, I learned to be a little bit more careful about making promises, but even more committed to following through whenever. And that includes promises to myself, like I'm stopping smoking or losing weight or eating better that um, which it's as important or even more important to uh, follow through on the promises we make to ourselves and this has been a real anchor in my life a promise made is a debt unpaid mm-hmm. a promise made is a debt unpaid so there you go listeners be mindful of what you say and if you commit on something then remember that it's important to follow through and when you said that day it reminded me of someone who said that don't really focus on managing your time but also manage your commitments so thanks a lot for reminding us and let's dive into the main portion of today's interview now dean you've been extremely successful in your business the rest of your book as you mentioned is dedicated to journaling your life experiences between 1990 and 2014 so firstly how did you get into journaling i'm not exactly sure how it started i think that probably it had its seeds in napoleon hills book mm-hmm. because he spoke about not only having goals but very specifically writing them out and reading it every day and i think from that i started to write a little little bit about my performance around the goals that I had set for myself mm-hmm. and it kind of expanded into a daily practice of uh, evaluating my performance the day before and setting out a, a purpose and the one purpose the journal I've been I every day I read from several different periods of my life just a, a day uh, you know a couple paragraphs of each day and never want more than three or four paragraphs and to evolve myself to a state where i did not react to my life that i was the creator of my life i didn't get pushed around by the events that i created the kind of experience that i chose almost all of the time another uh, very powerful quote that helped me with that was from the book the master game by robert de rope and he said that by skillful means one can be comfortable even in hell and skillful means meant to me learning to create my experience no matter what's going on and every day i would read uh write a little bit about what set out to myself well i'm not going to do that again and this and that and i would evaluate how i did the day before and it's a very powerful means of understanding uh and reflecting on what's important and what's not especially when you're in a business and you're very busy it's awful easy to get washed into details but it's and lose the big picture but the big picture is always the same picture you're in charge create the kind of experience you want i completely agree with your daily routine of evaluating your goals because like you say it can be so powerful and a few of our guests in the past have also said and recommended writing your goals just writing as a practice in general especially in the morning because it helps you tap into your subconscious which is not readily accessible when you're just thinking but when you write it's a different experience altogether that's a very good point yes first thing in the morning it would be coffee uh some inspirational reading and then i would write and also uh sometimes or quite often during the writing i would ruminate on some specific 
a thing that I read that morning, some motivation, some insight or some motivation that I had. And here's another part of journaling that's just a lot of fun if, if it does, mm-hmm. serves no other purpose. When I go back and read things I wrote 35 years ago or 40 years ago, and I and, and all also, I included life experiences where I was. I, I traveled quite a lot, so they're from, these entries are from all over the world. That it's very enjoyable and entertaining to uh, hear from that voice in the past and, they, and these activities that I forgot all about. It's in, in every way that I can see no negative in journaling. It's a positive experience any way you want to look at it. Now, in your book, you mentioned that 1990 to 2014 were the years dedicated to training yourself in the art of living in a positive and grateful way. So my question is, were there any series of events that really triggered this change? I, I think it, the change was way before then, but I had... I was at 94 or 5. I had, I sold my business to my kids and I bought a, a small trailer and I spent several years just traveling around the southwest of the United States. And I didn't visit with people. I didn't do anything much except read, write, meditate, practice yoga, exercise. And I had some pretty serious flaws, that personality flaws that were, I was tense all the time and I would get quite depressed very often, even up until around that time. And a lot, most of those journal entries come from that period of time when I was just by myself in a trailer facing these issues head on. And I've been retraining myself for 50 years, but that was a particularly intense period. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you bought a trailer. You spent time traveling around the Southwest, but you didn't really meet a lot of people, but you spent your time reading, writing, meditating, and practicing yoga. And in general, what I've noticed is a lot of people are afraid of being alone, but you did spend your time being alone. So could you speak a little about the importance of being alone, getting to know yourself, diving deep in, and uh, why a lot of people find it difficult? I can't speak for anybody else, but I always, I, for my inclination was to get alone as often as I could and stay there as much as I could. I was busy in business for years. In fact, quite a few years, I actually lived in a factory. So I, the value of it is you're not distracted. You can keep this project in front of you. And when I say this project, this project is making a salad and washing the dishes and uh, cleaning the trailer and whatever you're doing to come to presence, to be at one with the activity. Meditation, sitting meditation is important and I do it every day. But to uh, learn to take it beyond that and to be as present and aware of each activity, each instant, and our reaction to that. Because even when you're alone, I didn't feel like cleaning sometimes. I didn't feel like cooking or I didn't want to do yoga. Or I'd just soon go back to sleep instead of bicycling. So it gives you that. There's no excuses, no television, no radio. You come to uh, face that part of you that doesn't want to cooperate with the project. So I like the fact that you mentioned and you spoke about the importance of being mindful. So there you go, listeners, whatever you're doing, be at one with the activity. So it doesn't just mean when you're doing yoga, but whatever you're doing, you're cutting vegetables or you're walking or you're talking to someone because as someone rightly pointed out, the greatest gift, the greatest gift that you can give someone is your time and more importantly, your presence. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Dean. Now, writing a journal entry is one thing, but establishing a disciplined 
consistent practice is a different ball game how does someone begin with journaling and is there a specific format for a journal or certain things uh, this person would need to keep in mind before actually embarking on uh, a practice of journaling there's probably a whole lot written about journaling but i say just pick up a pen open up a page and write about what's going on in your brain at that particular second Put, and, and as far as written goals, absolutely feel that that's important. Uh, Napoleon Hill stressed it as a, and not only writing it, but read them. Read them in the morning, read them in the evening. Pay attention, think about it in the afternoon. We create our lives and our experience in our heads first. And journaling would keep reminding me. I knew 50 years or 60 years ago I should chew my food when I'm eating. But still sometimes when I get involved in a very interesting conversation, and a glass of wine or two later that I'll be gulping food down. It's the whole, the whole challenge and the opportunity of life is to learn how to be mindful, remember, be present, remember the things that are important to you when it's appropriate to remember them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of takeaways from what you just said. You said, you know, although there might be a lot of ways and techniques to do journaling, the most important thing is to just take action. Take a book out, <laughs> write about what's going on in your mind, recreate your experience, write it down, go back to what you wrote in the past, reflect on what you wrote, and sort of be mindful of how you are changing as an individual, how you're growing, how you're evolving, and most importantly, go to your nearest bookstore or maybe go on Amazon and pick up the book Think and grow rich. It's not a novel, so you, it's not that you read it and finish it off, but you keep going back to chapters within it. And uh, Dean, just to share, I love the chapter about master mind. I think that's such a powerful chapter because, like he says, it's not just about educating yourself and going to school, but having access to that group of people in your network who can help you whenever you need some information, awesome advice, awesome wisdom. So thanks a lot. It's a, um, that book is available free online. It's a, uh, as a download. I think it's, it's in eminent domain. There's been over 25 million copies of that sold worldwide. True. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm rereading it again right now for the, I don't know what, how many times. Because I really, I still have at 76 years old aspirations to step out into the uh, self-development world and try to uh, share all of the things that I learned because life is, you don't know how high is till you get there. And life is a journey. You can continually learn and improve and get into better physical shape. Just in the last couple of years, I've uh, developed a couple different uh, physical practices that I'll share later when we talk about uh, helpful things that are been tremendously helpful to me in, to maintain strength, fitness, and steadiness. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what you just said beautifully transitions into the next question that I was going to ask. I know the yoga and meditation are core elements of your practice. How and when were you exposed uh, to these wonderful practices? My wife and I uh, saw an ad in the paper. They were having yoga lessons at the local church, and we went down, and neither one of us knew even what yoga was. I thought it had something to do with the Baptist church. Mm. But we weren't doing anything that evening, and we only lived a few blocks from the church. So we went, and I was as tight. AJ, you can't. I was so tight, I could hardly grasp my hands behind my back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt the little bit of what, what they were doing that I was able to do felt so good. 
So we took a couple more classes, and then we went for a week-long retreat at the Kapali Yoga Retreat. And it's in Pennsylvania at that point. And I practiced every day. I just fell into it. It was like, this is better than, this is really good for me at this point. And over the years, over the decades, actually, I've added several different things that aren't really yoga to this practice that I do that seem to have uh, helped me anyway. I don't know what they do for anybody else, but they've really helped me maintain a very high level of fitness and uh, flexibility. I'm just now working on a video Mm -hmm. of um, these other ingredients, which are, well, breathing is part of yoga usually, but isometrics and certain cardiovascular uh, movements that can work on both flexibility and uh, a cardiovascular resilience. Well, that's really interesting. You mentioned that uh, initially when you actually went to the place where yoga was being performed, you were so tight, you weren't that flexible, but you saw what the people were doing and you felt good. And because you felt good, you noticed that they were doing it. Deep within, you knew that it was possible. And because you knew of that possibility, you were confident that you could at some point do it as well. And that sort of made you take action. So action takers and listeners, we've entered 2016 and I'm sure there are certain things that you might want to do and maybe you are not in the right physical form right now uh, or maybe not an expert maybe it's yoga or tai chi or qigong or maybe some expertise that you want to become a master at the important thing as dean pointed out is to just take action and probably get a mentor or get a teacher who has done that so that it becomes easier for you and the learning curve is reduced so thanks for sharing, Dean. Oh, yeah. Yoga is a very important part of uh, self-management, for me anyway. So what advice do you have for all the entrepreneurs that might be out there who haven't been exposed to yoga or meditation, but want to make a positive change beginning today? They want to be more conscious in their decisions, in their corporate uh, work environments as well. Well, through most of my adult life, I've had a, a, a vision for the future. I've had a goal that was sometimes way off in the distance and most very often close. I try to have a list every day. Uh, even now, I, when I'm not particularly involved in business that much, I still have a list in the morning and I, and I try to get everything crossed off before I go to sleep at night. That's one of the strongest tools for self-management. Figure out what do you want to be doing in five years from now? Is you want to be sitting behind this desk or do you want to be on a sailboat in the Caribbean or exploring uh, the temples of Thailand? What? How do you want to see your life? What do you want to be doing? And think about that and use that as a motivator to take the risks and make the changes that are required to put you in that space. Life is an adventure. Life is incredible. Life is only now and it's not going to last we're in this thing for a very short term so there's there's no retirement set off live your vision today well that is really inspiring and empowering and it sort of brings us back to the theme of being mindful taking some time off and getting away from the operational part of your life and sort of getting into the strategic visionary side of you not thinking of what you can do one month from now but five years from now it can be anything but in indirectly i think what you're trying to say is for them to identify or find out why they are on this earth find their true calling 
or their true purpose. Am I correct? Definitely that. And if not that, at least do something that they enjoy and serves their fellow beings. Because it's just, there's so, so many incredible possibilities in each day that we live. And I know in my my case, I've walked past all of them, virtually all of them. Once in a great while, I'd have some sort of insight or awakening, and I would take action. And more than once, what seemed to be a foolish plan turned into be a very uh, fruitful endeavor. There's no uh, failure in life. There's only learning or accomplishment. And some of the best lessons that I learned didn't come from the successes that I've had. And with that, we've finally reached the health tip round, during which our guests share one health tip that can be implemented right away. So what is it one tip that you can share with our audience? I uh, turn it into two. Well, okay, one tip. You can stretch and do an isometric exercise anywhere you are, any time of the day and night. And over the last three or four years, I've come into this habit more and more so. Driving a car or walking or talking to you, I'm tightening different muscle groups and loosening them up. I'm putting my arm behind my head or stretching both arms out or keep moving. Don't sit, stand, Keep moving, keep tightening and loosening your muscles no matter what you're doing. You could be in the middle of a very strategic meeting and you can still hold your legs out straight underneath the table and tense them up. Or you can twist around and look at the person next to you, but just twist your whole body instead of your neck. That Keep in motion. Don't sit. Keep stretching because yoga, as far as I'm concerned, is 24 hours, you know, 18 hours a day as long as you're awake. And even when I'm sleeping at night, when I wake up, I just lay there and flex and stretch. And it seems to have served me well because for somebody my age, when we worked on this videotape, when I was watching it, it's, I find it amazing that I can do some of the things that I can, that I've been doing routinely because I never really see it from the standpoint of a camera's eye. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, Truman Capote once said that failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. And with this thought... (laughs) That's a a good line. I got to remember that. (laughs) And with this thought, we've now moved on to the challenge round. So Dean, tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge. Tell us what were some of the feelings that you were going through and then how did you approach this particular challenge? Well, I, I touched on it before. The biggest challenge of my life was when I was overweight, smoking, drinking, poor, uh, with family re- responsibilities. And uh, I had this complete turnaround. And I almost feel like it was a divine intervention that maybe there was, it just was so radical that I really didn't see where I could have brought up that strength on my own. That uh, I just stopped drinking, stopped smoking, started studying, started to exercise. And that was a, a big turning point. A lot of other challenges. I've had business deals over and over again that you get get in up to your neck and you start realize that this is just stupid right from the start. And you take your losses and write down your lessons and go on with the next thing. In any situation, a bias to action serves better than, okay, you can figure it out. That's one of my big weaknesses or has been not to just charge into anything and not think about it that much. But it's a lot better that way than it is to analyze things to death and wind up doing nothing. So in retrospect, what is it one major life lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Interfere and find freedom. Whenever fear comes up, whenever you feel afraid of something, 
something, look around. There's some growth opportunity at hand. That um, I, I heard this quote recently that uh, the life you want is on the other side of a six-minute painful conversation with somebody. That don't be motivated or moved by fear. Learn from it. Go through it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for sharing this story with us and reminding us that whether it's 2016, 2017, 2018 or 2019 challenges are here to stay, but these are actually opportunities to learn and opportunities to grow. So in reality, there is no failure, but there is just feedback and the cost is the cost of learning. How much are you willing to pay to learn from your mistakes and move on? And with that, we head on to the next round, which is the round about finding your life's true purpose. There is a purpose to our lives that each day tugs at our sleeve as an annoying distraction. And this is a beautiful thought shared by Robert Brault. So my question to you, Dean, is have you found your calling? And if yes, what is your calling? My calling is to uh, share the few things that I've been so fortunate to learn with um, others that this life is a great opportunity and so many people just don't seem to get the picture. They're just putting their time in and putting their time in painfully. They're not even having a lot of fun. They're just sort of putting their time in. So I would, by through writing and through teaching, hopefully, and mentoring, that I could uh, put some forces in motion that might make the world a little better place sometime. So based on your story and from your experiences, you are clearly living your calling. So is there a moment that you can share with us, a moment beyond which you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? I think it was more of a gradual awakening. As uh, I, I read things I wrote in 1980 about uh, writing books and operating a, a wellness center. And it, somehow it just was there for many, many years. And I still haven't... Um, we About eight years ago, my wife and I bought a health food store. And we have uh, built a community room and we have uh, massage rooms and we have yoga classes and uh, Reiki and a whole variety of wellness activities that go on here. And it's kind of like on a very small scale, uh, a part of what I envision, but it's only the beginning. When you said that, I uh, sort of remembered a quote that was along the lines of never underestimate the change that a small group of individuals can make. In fact, it is the only thing that ever has. So uh, the fact that you have taken action and you and your wife, in fact, are having these yoga classes, Reiki sessions, energy healing sessions, I'm sure is making a difference not only to your life, but also to the people around you and the communities around you as well. So thanks a lot for inspiring us. And with that, we've reached the final round. And this round is called the Wisdom Round, during which I'll ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom, just like in a rapid fire round. So are you ready? Yes, sir. (laughs) So what is the best advice you have ever received? Know thyself. Be present. Learn. Come to understand yourself and what drives you or motivates you or I guess that self-training. So could you share with us a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? I'm pretty regimented. I, I get up in the morning, uh, put the coffee on, feed the dog, and I read uh, out of a number of different books, some new ones and, uh, and a few ones that have, I've read over and over again. And then I write. And recently, this last couple of months, my wife and I have fallen in the habit of reading to each other. There's three different books that we're reading right now, and all three of them are very uh, 
uh, informing and inspirational. And then I go over to, we have another building that I, that I have my office and uh, shower in. I take a shower. I stand on a vibrating platform for 10 minutes while I listen to podcasts. And I go up to my office and either I have a, a four day cycle. One day I do yoga. One day I lift weights. One day I do, um, isometric contraction, uh, not isometrics, but sort of a calisthenic routine. And the fourth day I ride an exercise cycle and I do whatever is appropriate for that day. And then I meditate and, uh, journal a little bit. And I, by that time it's, and I get up pretty early. I'm up by four or five o'clock. So it's, still pretty early in the day when I get done with all of this. But that routine is, it's just really, uh, the, it's the backbone of my ability to do what I can do. Because we don't own progress. You can, at any turn in the road, you can start going backwards. It's very important to keep focused on growing because if you don't, the opposite starts happening almost immediately. Mm-hmm. I remember Zig Ziglar once said that motivation is like taking a bath. It's not permanent, but neither <laughs> is taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, you got to build it every day. I agree with that. True. So what is it one book that has made a significant impact on your life? Well, as I mentioned, Thinking Grow Rich and Marcus Aurelius, but there's two others that I highly recommend to anybody. Uh, the Master Game by Robert DeRoe. It's absolutely loaded with positive information that everybody needs. And the other one is Insight Meditations by Joseph Goldstein. It's a chronicle of his lectures at a 30-day yoga retreat. And he just nails all the points over and over again. It's a very powerful book. Then, of course, they should always get I'll Fix My Head Before I'm Dead by Dean Roberts. Oh, yeah, of course. And we will <laughs> provide the links as well so that our listeners can know exactly how to get that wonderful book and learn more about you. So action takers, the links and key points discussed are available in the show notes. Uh, so Dean, it was super meeting you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for, a way by which our listeners can get to know more about you and then we'll say goodbye. I'd say that I'm always grateful for my life, for my wife and the greatest dog I ever met. And to reach me, they can uh, read about some of my thoughts at uh, boneyardexpress.blogspot.com boneyardexpress.blogspot.com and they can reach me at i'llfixmyhead at gmail.com So there you go listeners. If you want to read more inspirational content, thought leadership and articles, then go to boneyardexpress.blogspot.com. So Dean, thank you so much for inspiring us today and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you for doing this kind of work, AJ. It's it's a good thing and, and I wish you well. Thank you. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.